0: Hello and welcome to Heart of the Faithful Ministries. I hope you are all living a victorious life. It is 2022 and here we are with our third season. And for the first episode of the third season, I absolutely had to bring back Sergio Wooden. Sergio, hello, sir. How are you doing?
1: I'm blessed, brother Ron. It is good to be black. Uh, it is good to to be able to do this once more with you and just looking forward to uh, discussing some of the things that shaped uh, 2021 because there there was
0: a lot. Absolutely. This is our 2021 recap. We're going to go through uh, about 10 items, uh, 10 of the biggest items that we feel happened during 2021. And so with that, we're going to just kind of Bust right into it, and I'm just gonna throw out the very first one that I think we need to talk about. Um, something that has come back up recently in 2022 because of political uh, meanderings through through uh, you know the mire, the muck, and just whatever mud we can throw. So, with that, June sixth, 2021. Oh. <laughs> you're on. <laughs> no, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> So the, so the insurrection of the Capitol. Okay. So I've heard it two different ways. Number one is like, how could we be insurrectionists? How could these, these old silly white Republicans do all of these things and be so ugly and mad? And, you know, just, uh, it's, it's kind of a sad state of being that they felt that they had to do what they did. I, I can't account for everyone. Um, but I did hear someone say, you know, if you wanted to riot and go and take out everything and, you know, tear down things and, and break things, why make your point with your own town and your own place and with stealing things and not just go straight to the source, which is what these people did. Not saying that's good. I'm just saying that that was an interesting take on it. But at the same time, this was a huge event a lot of people are still getting in trouble for this. They're still trying to go on this um a witch hunt for all of these people who are on the uh the videos. I mean, the the truth is these men and women, they were there to do some damage. Luckily, it was minimal. Luckily, lives weren't taken as you know what. They kind of thought they would be, because I believe there was someone that had even a trailer full of ammunition and weapons that was ready to go, but somehow it never made it or, or, or it just somehow it never came into play. So what, what, what are your feelings on the, the 2021 January 6th insurrection?
1: So it was funny. I was wondering where uh, uh, I, I had it on my list, and I didn't know if we were going in any particular order, or, or just how quickly it would come to, to 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 the forefront. But certainly one of those that is it's polarizing. Uh, it is uh, such that you know we we have had a number of. Social demonstrations, but nothing quite to the extent of. And and I'm 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 bearing in mind that you know we had uh, right after George Floyd and and several others, we had major protests. We actually had folks taking over uh, city halls in Seattle and in areas in Texas and and throughout the country. But then you have this response to the election results you have the this reaction to the upcoming turnover of, of power and authority and it, 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 as far as politics is concerned and you have this decision that we are going to right a wrong no matter how wrong our efforts are i am fully in support of our right to uh, freedom of the speech to protest to gather. I am fully in support of our right to be able to bear arms, bearing in mind that I served for twenty-five plus uh, twenty-five years and some in the Navy and some other time. And, but but I served so that I could ensure the freedoms of every uh, law-abiding uh, American citizen. But to take it to the point where we aren't mindful that there are people who are doing their jobs and that we were putting those individuals directly in harm's way to then have those who um, went there with whatever purpose in mind but didn't want to then own up to or acknowledge their part in it and take the punishment. That's where I have a problem if you're going to be brazen and if you're going to take that kind of action, and if you're going to uh, say it is in defense of democracy, then you need to be man and woman enough to take your punishment.
0: That's true. That is so true. And, and, Uh, you know, in light of what you said with it being in defense of democracy, though, that that's where we have to be very careful because with, the actions of these people, it wasn't exactly clear. It was, you know, the democracy in question was the, um, the, uh, validity of our elections process. So with that being in question, it kind of caused some rifts. It kind of caused some trouble because you had a president who was up there declaring that the, the, the election process was not going as planned. It was being demeaned. It was being undermined. And, And the bad Democrats were the ones who were in on this. Not only that, but also the vice president um, and and other governors. I won't mention Brian Kemp by name, but um, being from Georgia, it was very um, interesting, that whole dynamic. So, you know, if the actual process was breaking down, If it was an actual process that was broken down and there was actual irrefutable proof that there was something there that everybody wanted to just hide, you know, sweep under the rug or whatever it might have been, then I can understand some more. But that wasn't the case. Now, was it?
1: Yeah, And and that's the thing. You know, we we can we can look for the evidence. But again, I'm I'm mindful that I can turn. Uh, uh, the, the, the chicken scratch of a kid into evidence and present it as on the people who are receiving it to so either believe it or dismiss it. And so you have those who would be the conspiracy theorists. You have those who would believe this, that, and the other. But it's a matter of, in the grand scheme of things, why go about it in that manner?
0: Yeah, that Why, is that is interesting. Why okay. actually do that?
1: That it, when there are legal precedents, there are ways to go in and literally uh, suspend the the results. There there are ways to do things. And, and the other part that I, I find interesting and worth uh, bringing to bear as a point of uh, of discussion is the fact that. Uh, if it took place, however, and why ever are you putting more of your, uh, trust in faith in a system that has through the years proven to be suspect, uh, and what makes it different now?
0: So true. You know, with the, with the shooting of Richard Brooks, okay. And, and I'm just saying this as an example, a life was taken for the life of Rashard Brooks because when they protested, they didn't just protest it; they they rioted, they burned down a the Wendy's, they they did all of these um, unspeakable things, basically, in the name of something that really, truly came down to a legal thing. It was there was no illegal precedent set there. That was the, the man was within his rights. As a police officer, unfortunately, by Georgia state law, to do and handle himself as he did. Now, that went way too far. And when you look at that and you say, you point the finger and you say, look at this, this is wrong. What is it about the life of that young lady who lost her life because of what happened to Richard Brooks? Could you not have done things? Differently, could we not have maintained ourselves to keep that young lady from dying, you know, but that was um, because of everything that had happened with George Floyd. And 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 yes, we, we have a concern in this country about racism and about the way that uh, police handle themselves. And I mean, you know, there's a concern. There's a question, you know, there's a conversation there. Let's put it that way. With, well, and- with this event, though, there is no conversation yet. They were doing what they did without a conversation, <laughs> you know. the and, and, and I know we have always said, you know, like, um, watch Social Security numbers of your, your dead relatives because, you know, they'll be voting Democrat next year before you know it, you know. But <laughs> the unfortunately, that's been one of those um, – urban legends, that we don't have any physical proof that that has actually really, truly happened on a grand scale.
1: Well, and, and it's one of those that, again, are there going to be some anomalies with the, the voting uh, registration, the voter uh, verification, the voting process? Uh, yes, uh, I would venture to say, having seen it um addressed here in the state of Virginia you know Virginia has such a huge population that is military that by large vote absentee We know that two years ago uh, there was a, a a portion of absent military absentee balance that poof <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> just you know, Magically, myster- uh, mysteriously disappeared.
0: Right, lost in the mail.
1: And it, it, yeah, and it's one of those where okay, I, I, I get that. Uh, we we know that there's always been the concern, uh, at least for the last thirty uh, years or so, that uh, the reason why uh, Democrats have been so lenient with the uh, allowing immigrants to come in is because they are buying them with uh, programs and they're buying that vote. Okay. uh, I, I hear what is being claimed, but at the end of the day, if you go to certain parts of, uh, Florida, if you go to certain parts of uh, Texas, if you go to the parts of uh, Arizona, New Mexico, um, you know, Oklahoma, to a degree, uh, you're more likely to find those um, immigrants, especially those of Hispanic descent, they're not voting Democratic. They're right. actually voting very conservative Republican because... Most of the conservative Republicans that are in those states are looking at the religious backgrounds of their people. Yeah. So all of that is to say that, again, a different approach could have taken place. It was a choice. And that goes back to, you know, several things that we've already touched on. Uh, why wasn't there a, a dialogue? It was a choice. Yes. Why wasn't there a less violent uh, uh, approach? Hey, you can protest, but why does it have to be that you're storming uh, the capital as if you were entering into a third world country that you are intending to overthrow? It's a choice. Why not accept the punishment? knowing that you have done these things you were there uh it's a choice but the one thing that you and I both know being the believers that we are no one escapes consequence. truth no one uh you, god will judge all of us
0: accordingly another event in in our 2021 do you do you have a another one that's might not be on my list or maybe well, on I, the I, list.
1: I, I, well, <laughs> I, I have one and I, I, I think this is one that I think just like you ag- acknowledge that uh, the January sixth was worth mentioning. I think the return to the abortion debate is worth
0: mentioning. Right? Absolutely. I,
1: the, the, the re uh, for repositioning or the re. Uh, consideration at the Supreme Court level, the challenge that was taking place uh, in, in in Texas and then um, in Missouri, and, and 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 again, it's something that bears addressing. Simply because we are talking about something that has robbed this country of, on an average basis, six million lives a year.
0: Absolutely, and and you know from a from a let me put it this way: from a political standpoint, I am more of a libertarian than anything. Okay, that's uh, that's kind of where I stand. That's kind of like my hill, you know. Um, but when it comes to homosexuality, when it comes to the abortion debate, when it comes to, um, there there are several things where, as a libertarian, I have kind of mixed views as opposed to my party because is it the right of the government to actually impose upon a person a thing is it a civil right for that person to have the choice of these things now that being you know from a libertarian standpoint it would be no most libertarians that i know are actually more pro-abortion than they are against abortion pro-life Uh, most of that is because of the fact that, you know, should the government impose such a thing? Now, I am one of those that I say, I do not believe that the federal government, the federal government, (laughs) I do not believe the federal government should impose anything on the American people as far as abortion, but that is only limited to the federal government. The state government, which is the one who should have the majority of the power. Like, honestly, the state government should supersede the federal government unless it is absolutely necessary because the state level is where the power is actually supposed to be in our system. So if Georgia decides as a whole that we do not want to have abortion in our state anymore or we want to have limitations on abortion, I believe it should be well within the rights of that state, our state, their state, whichever state it is, to make those choices. Now with abortion, it's a strong, I mean, we're talking about a strong argument, you know. I mean this debate has been right. going on for years. But
1: right. for, for generations. Yes. So. But yeah. but to
0: be able to come back to it and consider, you know, for for the people who are pro abortion. It's not a life. It's not a being. And what Texas has done and Missouri has questioned and, you know, went to the Supreme Court was, okay, that's fine. You can have your abortion, but we're going to put limitations on the abortion because when does it become a life to you, the state, the government? When does it become a real, true living being?
1: And and there lies the, the crux of the, 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 the matter, you know, um, so bringing it back to question, uh, I, I and I, I'll go at this from the, the same um, uh, approach that you did, Ron, uh, I am by all accounts uh, an independent. I do tend to lean more towards the Republican side in my voting, uh, simply because there are some 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 truths and some beliefs that uh, just have uh, um, been true with them over the years. Here's the thing: uh, I, I believe that it truly shouldn't be a federal um, issue. It became a federal issue when it was it was presented to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court passed down the judgment. And there, there it was. Yeah. Um, major overstep of big government and you know however you want to caveat that uh the, the 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 court of the land said this is this and then states you have to kind of totalize. When you bring into how Texas and Missouri and several other states have gone back to try to challenge that, it is with the intent of asking the question. Is this really sound to be doing at all? Right, and th- that's the part where I, I'm, 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 you know, I go back and I think about um, what it is that we as believers are called to do, and we are to call, we are called to give uh, a defense for those who cannot defend themselves, Very and true. who is more defenseless than the child in the womb, the unborn. Uh, so I'm 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 mindful that that's w- where we really are. Man, you know, I, I say struggling, but that's really where the the emphasis is at. And then it's a matter of okay. Are there caveats? Are there extenuating circumstances? Are there some things that need to be considered? Yes. And and again, uh, that's one of those that everyone is going to have to give an account for what choices and decisions that they've made in life. But here's the thing. Uh, I, I know what the commandment is. And the commandment is thou shall not
0: kill. Right. But that doesn't match up to the Bible. According well, to well, Raphael right, right. Warnock,
1: <laughs> and and, 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 that, and that's one of those ones where it's like, okay, let's let's really dissect this. Uh, and, and and again, it goes back to it being tied to that, uh, given a defense for. Uh, again, uh, it's one of those. I, I've known uh, individuals who had to go through abortions. I've talked with the the women who endured them and the husbands or or the eventual spouses of those who um, had to endure those. The portion that I think gets lost in the big debate is the emotional, mental and physical scars that those women endure for the remainder of their life.
0: Yeah, that that is so true, because, I mean, unfortunately, with abortion, unless you compartmentalize everything into this nice teeny tiny little box that you're really never going to open up again you know you really have to deal with all the consequences of taking a life because i mean even for women and men you know i i know several people you know who have had to deal with the tragedy of miscarriages um Mm. some of them even worse than a miscarriage is you know a trisomy child and and i cannot even begin to express the uncomfortable pain and hurt it is to hold a young baby who, you know, with a cleft lip that, that goes all the way into their nose and there's, there's, there's hoses all, you know, keeping this child alive for the little two months, maybe it maximum, if they right. can keep that child alive two months, that's all you've got with this child and having to console a family and tell them, look, I, I mean, it's 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 hard it really is tough because this is the you know again it's not the sin of the family that caused this to happen is the sin of the world that caused this to happen and to console them and to tell them that god still loves you he's still with you to to share with them the love that we can to to get them through this time knowing what they're going to have to deal with and then you have people who just do it as a contraceptive. Yeah, it's it's and, um it's it's a huge it's a stark contrast.
1: Well, and, and again, it's one of those that, given how things have transpired in twenty twenty one, I thought it was just one of those. Again, we are talking about the things that were nationally uh, impactful and that were drawing our attention to. Okay, yeah, this. This is still being addressed now, and whether we agree with it or not, it's still worth talking about because it is out there and it is uh, something that I don't think is going away anytime soon.
0: And I and I fully agree with you. I think I think what we may need to do is actually take a full episode and maybe put together a panel of people. Um, and I would love for you to be on that panel of people to actually have this conversation amongst each other so that we could, uh, you know, just, just kind of hash out some of the things uh, and the the pros and the cons and where, where, I mean, we know where as Christians we lie, but as a governing body, you know, um, the government, what is the right thing to do or not to do so. Um, all right, all right. W- with that, we'll, we'll, move on because I think that is a, a huge issue that really should have its own show. So yeah,
1: I, I I agree. I agree with that. Uh, I thought it was worth, I thought it was worth known. So what, w- w- what, what, what do you have?
0: Okay. I have another obvious one. All right. So this okay. one, uh, a little bit, a little bit funnier, but Definitely not lighter. It is definitely a dark, dark humor, if you will. It is the plan by our president, Joe Biden, to remove the troops from Afghanistan by September 11th.
1: So, <laughs> yeah, I, I think we either uh, do- we know each other too well, or we think uh, along the same lines. Uh, I, 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 again, it's it's there. And here's what I I, I think is uh, concerning about that move, and, and and not the timing. The timing was I, I'm I'm sitting, you know, when when it was announced, and as they're uh, planning to do everything to to put everything in place, I'm like, who is Joe's advisor? You know, uh, because right? this, is, this is somebody we, we can push for early summer or early fall, but not any time in between. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah that, uh, it's, it's short sightedness and it's a uh, misunderstanding of really what was at stake. And we're now seeing it uh, come back. Uh, the, the Taliban regime. Um, is running uh, <laughs> rampant, and there is nothing to slow them. And the concern is is that uh, with all the years that we invested, what now? Do you go back and you tell those <laughs> veterans who were mentally, emotionally, and physically uh, wounded in uh, an ongoing effort to keep that region? somewhat stable that their efforts were for not.
0: Yeah, we were in a stable condition at the time and literally just and I understand that there were words and things spoken with Trump and the Taliban and you know there but but the but the truth is that if we were still there, the Taliban would not be in power right now. Never. And <laughs> and there would not be women in sex slavery and there would not be children being you know it's. I mean, the amount of people who were emotionally and physically scarred by this event because of the 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 actual labors of, like you said, the good men and women that those those people that thank you for everyone who has been in service for this country, those people who spent their lives, their limbs, their emotional stability for. What they had in Afghanistan, that is all for naught because now all of those lives who felt a sense of security, safety, and did not have to deal with the tyranny of the Taliban now have to live in fear and are being tortured, humiliated, and, and just, you know, just all for what and, and then and then does not even throw in the fact that we lost you know millions of us weaponry just left yeah
1: yeah hey, um yeah we we don't need that so it's it's one of those where uh again the reasoning the rationale the timing the uh just cannot um, understand what the thought process was uh and to this day i don't know that there could have been an explanation that would have um really been valid or even r- worth accepting because it, it really was not that uh and and it's one of those that it, it will leave a um a, a sour taste in the mouths of Military veterans going forward because the next time we are called upon, and and again I, I say we because once you serve, you continue to serve because you you are connected in one way or another to the next few generations at least of individuals who are out there. Uh, so when you're called to when they're called to serve again, and they're called to go into some place, the question is going to be. What is this really going to be for? And that one is the scary one.
0: Oh, that's so, oh, geez. That's a, that's a point that really, as a civilian, um, is a hard one to consider. Uh, yeah, because being on this side of the token, it's easy for me to say, you know, I'm grateful for those who have been out there who have made the sacrifice. But it's kind of hard to sit there and say, okay, well, why would I make another sacrifice? Why would we do this? Because we've already done this and it was for naught.
1: And that's, the, that's going to be the one thing that leaders uh, across the board are going to have to be willing to come to, to, the, to the table and explain to that next generation. And believe me, be it's, it's a lot closer than what we think. Uh, and and that's the, that is the other scary part that, it, you know, the the next conflict um, is not going to be where and with whom, but it is coming. And that's the thing that I don't think we're prepared for. Uh, you, you have a, a president who is very loose in some of the things and some of the decisions it, and whom he's talking to and what he's uh, threatening to sanction people with, and, and not realizing that there is uh, a, a greater uh, evil afoot, uh, and it's just one of those. It, it's going to be timing, and when it hits, I don't think the uh, American people are going to be prepared for it.
0: All right. Well, that's that. That is a that is a huge issue. Uh, but let's look at something. Uh, else, what have, have you got something else? what do you have on your list that we could talk so about I, next? I got
1: I got one that I, I think is uh, worth uh, putting out there and and, and I, I will uh, I will preface it by saying uh, it's one that I, I think far too many people have given credence to. Uh, and and, and uh, I'll explain that as I uh, as I talk a little bit more about it. But council culture. Uh, oh God. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and and is it and and I, I'm sorry, but I'm I'm of the mindset that if you don't agree with my opinion, if you don't like what I have done, if you, however it is, I uh, you're open and and free to that choice and that thought, but you don't have to continue to listen to what I'm doing. You don't have to continue to uh, engage me, but don't try to shut me down simply because we have a difference of opinion.
0: Oh man. You know, Um, this, this one right here is, is a, I'm just going to say like, um, you know, this trend of canceling people, has costed there there's been a cost for these people. And for you know, for us as capitalists, that is our vote. That is our cancel. That you know, if you do not agree with whatever is going on, like I kind know of right now there's a big to do about Carhartt. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm not even gonna get into it. It just don't buy their stuff if you don't agree with it. It just all yeah. there is to it. And all this other foolishness that is literally just vanity.
1: Just- right. And and we, we, we know what the wisest man that ever lived said about vanity.
0: Exactly.
1: <laughs> you know, said it all was vanity and it just didn't matter at the end. Uh the reason why I, I, I called it out and you know, there are those who will probably be surprised, but I, I I'm I'm a, a, a fan of Dave Chappelle. Uh I, I could do without the the drinking. I could do without the uh, excessive uh, use of the some colorful language. But the man is a brilliant thinker in that he actually calls into question some of the reasoning and the logic and the way that we approach things. And, you know, it, there was a call to counsel Dave Chappelle, after one of his uh, recent uh, Netflix uh, specials um, addressed, you know, the the LGBTQ R S T U uh, V. No offense to anybody out there, but that that alternative lifestyle, uh, and you know, they didn't listen as he was pointing out that hey, I've I've, I've had a very dear friend of mine who happened to be a, a trans woman who came to my shows and laughed and joked. And, you know, I I helped her further her career by allowing her to uh, open for me when I'm doing these gigs in her area of town. And I lost that friend, you know, that individual ended up committing suicide. And, you know, uh, it, just because I make light of it doesn't mean I don't genuinely care for the people who are living that life because they are living a life that is very difficult to live.
0: Yeah, there was and, actually there was actually a dark moment in that little joke. I'm not going to give any spoilers, but there was a dark moment when he said a joke. And you could feel, I mean, you could literally feel the tension when he said that. And he looked at everybody and he said, you know what, whatever. She would have loved that joke, you right. know? And it kind of gave you some freedom to be like, oh, wait a minute, you know, okay, that, you know, maybe there is something to be said about the life of a person that we could still, you know, say something, no matter what they're going through, what they're doing, you know, what, what's happened to them that we can actually just have a lively attitude towards things instead of being so, you know, very timid, you know, well, not even timid. I, I think the, the word that I'm looking for is just being touchy, you know, just. It doesn't have to be right. so tender, is was right. his point.
1: And, and and the and the fact of the matter is, is that it, we have all heard some things in our lives, but not everything that um, hurts our sensitive ear or everything that hurts our feeling is worth crying wolf over. It, it, it really isn't. And unfortunately, we live in a, a society today that, uh, it, again, if you say something that I don't necessarily agree with, my immediate response or my immediate reaction is to um, go out of my way to uh, attack you, to uh, to take away your livelihood, to, to get folks to look at you in a uh, much harsher light. And uh, what happens to just ignoring it.
0: Yeah. And I think the, I think the broader term of what we're talking about is not just cancel culture, but the new wokeness. the, like,
1: oh, oh, yeah.
0: Being woke, you know, and I know several people that that is their sole mission on, um, different platforms, YouTube, you know, some of the other platforms, you know, like podcasts, that, that their whole topic is just the defeat or the, the, finger pointing or just, you know, getting back at somebody who is woke. And I, I'm just saying that there, for me, it's just, it's literally the same coin. It's just the other side of the coin.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you, well, and, 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 and that's the scary part is when we're able to actually sit down and break it down, it's just literally just a flip of the coin. <laughs>
0: Yeah, so so that's just one of those things that just like your butt hurt because they're butt hurt, but they're butt hurt cuz you're butt hurt and everybody is butt can I say that on this? I don't know. It's is my people podcast. Are, I'm, I'm, I don't care.
1: <laughs> we 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 might get canceled. No. no. <laughs>
0: exactly. You know, people with butts everywhere are offended. Oh, my goodness. Yes, exactly. <laughs> So, and it's, it's supposed to, you know, it's listed as a clean um, podcast. So hopefully it stays that on, on Amazon or, or Apple or wherever, you know, we're, we're on all of the different things, which, I mean, I have to say it's a, I did a series with my daughter Josie and we, we did some, went through some things, you know, some you know, some of the reasons why I'm still a Christian and why I'll never not be a Christian. And, and I hope everybody will go and listen to that on the the last season. But, um, you know, when you're dealing with a podcast or with, with speaking out on anything, even with us talking about abortion or, or homosexuality or transgenderism or any of those different issues, anything that you say, I mean, you could literally talk about dogs Or something, and that could set someone off because we have become so tender in this generation that we have to be careful to tiptoe on every single eggshell that has been placed. I mean, it's not even eggshells anymore. It's literally landmines.
1: Landmines scattered with, with scattered shards of glass uh, so that, that if you you put entirely too much pressure on, you're going to get caught one way or the other. And, and, and again, it's one of those where, where does it end? Uh, and, and again, it's one of those where I don't think it's going to just fade off into uh, uh, obscurity. It's going to be one of those things that um it has a lingering effect and it'll be one of those that we'll look back at this point in time and say, uh, there were so many people who unceremoniously were taken down because someone had a difference of opinion. And, and th- th- that that's a little scary to me. Uh, <laughs> well, what, what, what else you got there, brother?
0: Okay. So I'm, she was a young lady went traveling with her boyfriend, and the whole point of their YouTube was to show them living out of a van. And uh, the young man supposedly killed her. Uh, We'll never really know. Uh, Gabby Gabby Petito. Why could I not remember that? Anyways, so Gabby Petito was killed by Justin Laundrie, allegedly. We still don't absolutely know. But we do know that there was a manhunt for... Um, I said Justin is Brian. Brian Laundry. Okay. Anyways, I've got Laundry. Anyways, Brian Laundry killed Gabby Petito. A manhunt took place because Brian Laundry could not be found. However, his parents were involved. <laughs> maybe they knew where he was. Maybe they didn't. They claimed they did not know where their son was. Poor Gabby Patito a YouTuber who did a travel vlog uh, based on living out of a van, had a confrontation with her boyfriend. The police pulled him over, talked to them. They released both Brian and Gabby. And now we're at this point to where, you know, here we are. Even Dog the Bounty Hunter got involved. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, Let's hear what your take is on this.
1: Well, see, this is this is one of those. It's troubling to to me because, uh, as as the father of two daughters, uh, I, I I don't ever want anything to happen to them, especially at the hands of someone that they know, especially at the hands of someone that they know and that they trust, or that they may be in a relationship with. Uh, and I certainly don't want it to be one where, if something were to happen, that there are so many unanswered questions. The one thing that was brought up as this was carried, uh, this, this coverage was going on, and it went on for, I mean, six, seven weeks uh, on end, all the way up to the point where they eventually found um, his remains, and, 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 I mean, you know, found his body, and then they were, were led to some other things that ended up finding her remains. One thing to have this kind of situation happen and I, I my heart goes out to any parent who loses a child, uh, especially in this manner. But it brought to light that you can get national coverage if it's someone that fits this general description.
0: Oh, see, that's actually where I was actually coming to. That's man, we are we are in sync on this one. Continue.
1: So, well, there, there's, you know, if, if you fit a certain description or you're part of a certain demographic, there's going to be something about you on the news regarding your missing person. But if you don't happen to fit into that perfect square box.
0: It's not a concern.
1: It's not a concern. Uh, And during that same time frame, there was a uh, young African American mother who had been missing. uh, had a uh, I think the son was uh, I think he was younger than eight. I can't remember if it was six or eight. But here, this young son has absolutely no questions or, or no answers to where his mom is. But here's this young lady who's running traveling the, around the countryside trying to make a living as a, uh, travel uh, blogger and there's more attention paid to that versus this child who has potentially lost his mom. And, uh, yeah,
0: that is that. That's just, that's, that's, that's exactly the point that I was going to make. And, and I just or, have to say one thing, you know, if this does not, drive home the point as a perfect example of the very same people who are driving the narrative in our country, the very same media who were just, you know, just out there, just disclaiming any kind of proof or, or declaring any kind of rage. They were making all these different accusations and, and making different, you know, uh, headlines that were discouraging or encouraging or 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 outrageous you know it just they were making a narrative for the people of this country of a different color a different race a different culture they have called out and, and singled out and pointed at and done so many um you know op pieces um calling things facts declaring that we need to be this way as a country, but then they go and they turn around, they act the exact same way as the people they are accusing.
1: Right. Right.
0: Please Um, tell me why that is acceptable.
1: Well, and and that's the thing, you know, uh, there are those who would say, well, that, that really isn't happening, is it? Uh, But when I can tell you that uh, the number of, the number of indigenous women, and when I say indigenous women, I'm speaking those who are Native American or, or American Indians who are living on reservations. The number of those who go missing yearly, the numbers would astound you. Um, there was actually a special uh, done um, 60 for 60. Um, ESPN does some phenomenal documentary work that, you know, sometimes you're like, really, What's, what What are they doing? But this particular one was spot on. Uh, they were talking about from over a five-year or just under a five-year span, over 5,000 Native American women had disappeared and n- nary a trace uh, to be found. And so many had gone missing in this one particular area that the reservation decided that they would start teaching the young ladies how to box so that in the event that they were attacked they would be able to defend themselves think about that for a minute the issue was such that someone on the reservation said we've got to do something to help our young ladies because no one else is addressing the issue. And we're going to teach them how to box. And if nothing else, they will put up a fight. They will not go quietly. And this will curb some of the issue that we are seeing happen to our people. I'm a dad of two girls. I have mentored uh, any number of young ladies, while I was in the military, have served in ministry, have you know lived, uh, you know, as far north as Maine, have been around the world. I've mentored, and those who I've retained some kind of long-standing relationship with, I have always worried about their safety, and to see that there is a disparity in the reporting of that bothers me and it should bother others. But too often not, it's not one that is ever considered because we just don't hear the reporting of how many of those individuals are gone missing, never to be found again.
0: And that is because, and I'm going to dare say that is because we have a media system that is concerned with driving a narrative instead of actually considering an issue that would make a difference because there's, there's money in division. There's not money in actually pushing an issue that would actually serve a real true purpose. It doesn't pay because it's yeah. not a, a concern that is overreaching.
1: Well, and, and you hit it on uh, the nail on the, on the hand, And I think it was, it was worth repeating. Uh, there's money to be made. And we know that the 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 media, as we know it, is money driven. And so to say anything otherwise, is But I I, I digress because that that then takes us away from the the next point that I was going to bring up, uh, which I think is really worth talking about. Um, so the the one thing from twenty twenty one that I I uh, had on my list and didn't know how quickly it was going to get brought to, to, to bear. But I think it was, is this very much worth bringing up is um, the pandemic relief fund. Uh, so I understood the intent at the beginning of the pandemic. I, I truly do. Right. Uh, I understand to a certain degree, the extension uh, for a period of time where I start to draw the concern or have the concern is where it continuously adds to the following problems, continues to add to our national debt. Can't get away from that. Uh, and our children's children's children will probably be uh, saddled with addressing that one way or the other over the next 40 fifty years. Right. Second, it created a an environment where you had those who were legitimately getting a benefit to stay home. We've now, fast forward, seen where we have a disruption in our marketplace and a disruption in our businesses and in our ability to get things from one place to the other because there is such a widespread shortage of individuals who are willing to go to work. The third thing, that in the midst of all of this, we had shortages and I mean shortages that I had never seen in my lifetime. Uh, I was too young to remember the gas shortage of the early 70s, but I've heard enough people talk about it. Uh, But I had not seen the shortages that we incurred. And uh, again, part of that was because um, there weren't the people there to work and people were hoarding, and then there were those who – had no desire to go back to work and, and they were available to go and get things during the hours that some of us were working and it just made it a little difficult. But then what you had was this mindset that it uh, will eventually get more. And, <laughs> you know, and And it was like, but who's paying this? You know, who's, Who's fronting the, oh, you know, the,
0: it's all paid. It's all paid for. Why are we it, even talking it, about this? It's yeah. all paid for. It's already paid for. It's, it's there. Uh, uh, no, no, where no, did no. who paid for it then? Cause I don't see Elon, Elon Musk out there with this, you know, with the, signing checks for this thing. I don't see, you know, all these billionaires and trillionaires, you know, yeah, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I
1: don't see, you know, Gates saying, Hey, whatever you need, just, just give me a call. I'll, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm stroking a check for this, you know, segment of, and, and it's one of those where it's like, okay, this is, this is going to come to bear. And again, I understood the, the intent. I understood what it was meaning for those at the very beginning. And I understand the bailouts for the companies, uh, small businesses, uh, especially who were given, um, funds to continue to operate and try to figure out uh, new uh, interesting ways to to work uh, in an environment where they couldn't control what was happening nationally. But it was one of those where every time that they said, hey, we're extending or hey, get ready for another check, it was like, at what point have you now created an environment where folks are co- totally dependent upon the government to sustain themselves, and is that where the government wants them?
0: Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you you can't you can't make this stuff up, man. You just can't no. make this stuff up
1: we we're good science fiction writers but we're not that good
0: no 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 you cannot we are not gods we cannot ex nelio make money come out of nowhere it's got to come <laughs> from somewhere and unfortunately there's this belief that we can make the rich pay for all of it but unfortunately here's how the rich work we are a capitalist society so if the rich are given another tax or they're given another this or they're given another that whatever it is, whether it be a tax or whether it be some kind of a a tariff or whatever it is, we as the consumers are the ones who pay for it in the end. We all pay for it in the end because it, it comes down the line, the man up top, woman up top, whatever it may be, whoever it may be, they are not going to pay for anything. Even the taxes they have now they don't technically pay for because we paid them through capitalism. Our money goes to them. That money goes up the line. It pays for all the people that it needs to pay for. And once it reaches that person, then they say, Oh, well, we need to impose a new tax to take 40, 50, 60, 25, whatever it may be. And they still, they still pay a lot of taxes just because even 3%, I'm sorry, 3% of 100 bucks is $3. 3% of a billion dollars. I mean, we're talking about a mega difference, you know? Yeah. So with that, they're already paying a lot of money. It just may not be as much as we wish for them to pay. But the truth is, all of that money gets trickled back down. Because if you say you have to pay 50 to 75, I've heard some people say 99%, they should pay 99%. Well, guess what they're going to do? They're going to raise everything 200% to compensate for the 99% that you're taking away from them.
1: And that's the thing. uh, If if we were to be mindful, uh, if we were to really look at how we have, uh, driven our society and, and by no stretch of the imagination, am I looking for, um, uh, there, there to be, uh, unchecked, unmerited taxation. Cause that just, just, you know, that doesn't make, make sense. And you, you end up causing more problems. There. But what I am looking for is a way for us to address it in kind and then be mindful that, Eventually, that's going to be a bill that somebody's got to pay, and that's the thing that I I, I think that uh, again there there's this fallacy, there's this this false mindset that oh it's taken care of it's it's there and it's like no there's a reason why we we we've had uh two or three near government shutdowns is because the money isn't there and we can't just keep <laughs> exactly printing it because if we keep printing it and we don't have the right things backing it we're going to have a worthless dollar and by that then we have to concern ourselves with who is holding our debt And there are those who just aren't educated in the fact to know that China is one of the greatest holders of American debt. And they aren't aware of the number of efforts that China is taking to buy up U.S. land and property.
0: And that, that, hey, that's some deep state stuff, man.
1: And yeah, I, I, I don't want them to come looking for just yet. I mean, we've got, we've got some things that we need to get out there and get people educated on. So we'll, 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 that'll be one that we we have to circle back
0: to. Right. Speaking of deep state, I've got another one for you. All right. All right. Going into um, Facebook, which has now changed its name to Meta. because. Meta. Facebook had to rebrand itself, but in through rebranding itself, they also came out and said that some of the fact checkers and whatnot that they had were actually fact checking based on opinion and not on actual facts.
1: Yeah. You have to acknowledge that before all the public and you have to acknowledge that knowing that you probably should have acknowledged some other things. I thought it was pretty, uh, pretty ingenious of, Facebook to get everybody to do the 10 year challenge,
0: <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> but that wasn't, that wasn't, that wasn't 2021. That was 2022, but it was one of those that y- you almost, uh, you know, uh, beg the question, you know, are we getting uh, closer and closer to a point where, um, recognition is not going to be the kind of recognition that we really want in our lives. Uh, but having to be held to the fire and 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 really having to own that you made a very um, a very arrogant mistake um that's huge but it's one of those that even in making it, they marketed it to the point where we're going to do things better. Right. It's like, hmm. And what does better intel for me versus what's better intel for you?
0: And case in point with Facebook, like, okay, for 2020, we had Black Lives Matter. Black Lives mm-hmm. Matter, I, I I don't care whose opinion is what. I don't care what your opinion is. I believe that Black Lives Matter. However, the entity Black Lives Matter, where are they now? What are Whoa. they doing and where are they now? Why are they not all over Facebook still? Why are they not Whoa. still putting social issues at the forefront for the African-American community? Oh, wait, is it because we have a Democratic president?
1: I will answer one of those questions. Why are they not out there? It's kind of hard when several of the folks who are in leadership positions within that organization have been brought up on criminal charges for money fraud. Kind of hard to do all that.
0: (laughs) You know, for, for us, we have these people who have, you know, going back to the kind of the relief fund and stuff like that. Like we even even our good uh, mayor of Stonecrest, you know, is in trouble for, you know, he left as mayor because mm, some of that pandemic money just kind of disappeared. So <laughs> used for personal gain or something like that. So that's the alleged personal gain. Okay. Let's not make an accusation here. But again, one of the problems with Facebook is that too many people have too much ability to say too many things. And right. th- with the power of facebook unfortunately is to be the ones who's driving the narrative so the articles that you get the things that you see the stuff that you hear everything is all just pushed and it doesn't necessarily have to be true but then they'll put this little warning that says oh this is you know for for real information about covid please contact Who? The
1: CDC. Well, yeah.
0: The CDC? Because even the CDC is saying one thing where you've got a president and a and a federally funded health official is saying a totally different thing. Why? Why are we having to be pushed into the and I'm just saying with Facebook to come out and say that, oh, some of this stuff may have just been about, you know, opinions. Like, why would a meme about COVID be blocked and a person put on a 30 30 day ban because of a joke that didn't have anything to do with trying to push a narrative at all.
1: And that's again, that my youngest had to read uh, 1984 and I, I thought it was kind of telling
0: because <laughs> there's so many
1: different things uh, within 1984 that, you know, if you uh, blink twice, you would think that you were living 1984 But it's such that you know, in that vein, you you consider, okay, well, they were policing what it was we said and how we said it. Uh, They were again, you know, like you eloquently pointed out, they were controlling a narrative, and the narrative did not fit what they wanted, the agenda that they had. So they, you know, they changed it, and it was a matter of uh, getting everybody else to agree versus entertain and, and, and kind of address it as it needed to be addressed. And so then you have an issue where when they come out and, you know, really call things what they are, it's a matter of how easy is it for the American people to, to swallow that pill.
0: I just remember how much healthier Facebook used to be when it just was pictures of people's food contacting someone you haven't talked to since high school and playing Farmville.
1: Hey, come on.
0: (laughs) Like, why did it grow past that? When did it become this bubble that we felt that we were insulated from any kind of repercussions to say and speak and do and have live streams of things that were going on that really we shouldn't be watching.
1: Right. And again, It's one of those that, all right, when it was a reasonable tool or when it was a thing that uh, genuinely fostered a a greater sense of connection, great. But when it became something other than, and uh, I think all too often there is where we get ourselves into trouble, is we allow things to be greater than what they were initially intended all in the uh, vein of, you know, uh, advancement. And then it blows up in our face and then we're left trying to figure out how did we get here?
0: Yeah. And I will remind everyone that Amazon started as just a bookseller.
1: And now look at it.
0: (laughs) So when is that going to blow up? So (laughs) I I,
1: I will tell you, uh, here's, here's my thought. Um, and this was something that, you know, uh, someone joked with me about the other day, but for us, when we had our snowstorm last week, we were, uh, not last week, week before last, um, we, we were legitimately, for the first time I've ever seen, didn't have the U.S. Postal Service running. Wow. Uh, we, we legitimately, for um, the better part of a week, Did not have the U.S. Postal Service run a day and a half after the snowstorm. Guess who was out still delivering packages?
0: Glamazon out there doing their thing. They got to do it. You got to push it. Push, 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 push. Got to make Jeff Bezos that money. He's got to go back space.
1: So what when and how it's going to.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. All right. So that's a uh, that's a good one. Um, so, so let me, let me ask you, what is, what is another one? We have a, we're, we're up to seven. So we got, we got a couple more to do here. What, what have you got next?
1: So I, I, I was going to address the elephant in the room. Uh, I'm surprised that we didn't directly talk about it as maybe one or number two, you know, number one or number two, but, uh, I I would, <laughs> I would say COVID. Um, okay. We, we saw COVID, um, Uh, take over our lives change how we did everything from educate our kids to how we worked how we dealt with our sick and our elderly how we interact with our fellow men how we went about whether or not we went about being socially engaged and then the the division of who's vaccinated who's not What you can do to help yourself or your loved ones is a mess, really something that is beneficial or is it not? And how that plays into every other facet of our lives. And I will say this, I I apologize. I know I'm about to offend some people. So I just ask for forgiveness in advance. (laughs) But if you are in the car by yourself, Take the mask off.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Ah, uh, oh, yes. We we have to be, you know, we have to be vigilant at all times for for COVID is coming for us, you know, even even when we are alone. So even
1: know. when we're alone in our car by ourselves, not going to pick anybody up, not having dropped anybody off. We are just in our cars by ourselves. But I I, 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 I joke, but I, I, I genuinely think that this is one of those times in history where too much information has been a disservice. Uh, we have been literally uh, inundated day in, day out with multiple reports on uh, a, a virus that it does have the ability to mutate. And if you're telling me that we can get vaccinated and we can take the two shots and get a booster, but it's still going to leave us susceptible to the virus, uh, then why are we still having the conversation? Last time I checked, that's exactly what the common cold is, but the common cold has similar similar fatality, fatality rates, but we're not running around talking about, oh, my God, the the common cold is coming to get us. It's, oh, no, the big bad COVID bug variant, a moxie Rocky con is coming to get us. And I, I don't know who gets to the name the, the variants, but... They're kind of starting to sound a little iffy.
0: Yeah, well, I mean, understandable. The the thing about COVID is that it's it is a concern for people. I know I know two people um who they have they one is in the hospital right now, he's being weaned off of of oxygen, and that is something that is a concern. Um the other one he he got out of the ICU. He's home. Thank goodness. Everything's fine. It seems to be okay. Um, However, there was another lady who, you know, we just talked to the, to the mother of the child. Um, Her daughter who was pregnant had the baby and the baby went home with the father, but she never made it home because she contracted COVID. And unfortunately, COVID for a pregnant woman is a major concern. So here's the thing about COVID that I agree with Ben Shapiro and others who, you know, who I am still an advocate for vaccine. I am an advocate for vaccine. And the reason why is I've had COVID twice. I believe that we should vaccinate only to protect, but the people who should be vaccinated the most are the people of main concern, the people who we really need to be concerned about. A, a healthy young 19 year old 20 year old or whatever it is that the, these are not people that we have the most concern for because they're they're gonna more than likely survive it but someone like the elderly 92 year olds 93 years you know 85 year olds people like my father even who you know 67 years old he has um he he was in a he was in a, a horrible wreck on a motorcycle and unfortunately it kind of left him in a bad way. Well, you know, for him, his health is not a hundred percent because of that wreck. So for him, when they said, Hey, we're going to go get vaccinated, I was 110% behind it because we don't want to see our loved ones be hurt by COVID or any other thing. I mean, we just we just don't want to see that. But however, this is not going away anytime soon. So our decisions have to be made based on the fact that COVID is not going away. It's just not. It is, it's It's endemic now. This is not a pandemic. This is an endemic situation where we have to be concerned for people. Now, do we say that you have to be concerned? vaccinated no as a libertarian i believe that you the government may not tell me whether i have to be vaccinated or not however i also as a libertarian believe that it is the right of any company or any person or any owner of public or, per, or personal property to say you have to be vaccinated before you walk onto the property that's a choice that is to those people okay because right. vaccination unfortunately it's only a civil right when the government forces you to do it. It's not a civil right when, say, Baskin Robbins doesn't want you to come in without a mask or without a vaccine, or you know, or 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 an airline, or you know, whatever it may be. They have the right because it's not a civil issue anymore. Now this is this is a public issue. This is they own that public property. If I don't want you coming onto my property and setting a fire to my trees, I have the right to tell you don't come onto my property bringing your fiery stuff on my trees. Or or even if I don't want you coming to my home with your maskless COVID self or whatever it may be, I have the right to deny you access to my property. You know, you don't have to come into my house. I don't want you to come into my house because I own the property. As a property owner, I should have that right. So, that being that that is my view and take on COVID. Yes, we are dealing with something that is basically a cold um but it's more potent than a cold because the 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 death rate of the flu is more in conjunction with what we have, but it's not really the death rate that's con- the concern. It's actually more so now the amount of people that are in the hospital, because we have, we, you know, having family that are in the medical field, they have seen the concerns. My wife unfortunately had a, um, she thought it was a problem with her heart. Luckily it wasn't, it was something else, but she ended up going to the emergency room. And you know, when she got there, there were no beds, there was no place for her. Why? Because COVID. There was no place. So my wife had to spend the night on a gurney in the hallway mm. because it was overrun with people with COVID. And then you had that secondary concern. Well, my wife's in there with all these people with COVID. And this is an issue that I think might be with her heart. And it turns out luckily it wasn't. But what if it had been? What if it had been something, you know? So so this is where we have to be practical about COVID. And we need to be more practical with what we actually know and stop letting the government make our decisions for us. We need to be smarter and make the choices based on what we feel is right for our family, but also for our community. Don't let anybody... Push you around, but also don't make a stand that is going to harm other people.
1: Yeah, bro. I almost want to break out into applause because you brought it to a point where we collectively have got to be concerned with our community uh, and not allow this to grow into some tirade by our government that seems to be flipping just about every. Another hour about how we are to address the concerns. Having had COVID, me, my wife, my daughter, having have it impact our church uh, on a couple of occasions, having uh, known uh, family members. Uh, I've got a cousin there who is in, in Athens who's had it twice now. His mom was hospitalized for nearly two weeks She had uh, walking pneumonia set in because she had COVID in it. The fluid had built up. Uh, Having just literally uh, uh, about a week ago, buried a close friend of mine that I coached with, who uh, uh, you know had been healthy, had uh, been vaccinated, had taken um, some some uh, other supplements to stave off, ended up getting sick, and within two days of being uh, diagnosed, he passed, and he he leaves behind a wife and three daughters. Now, granted, you know, uh, family and friends have rallied around them, but the fact of the matter is, I've seen the impact, but the big government and the media's portrayal is such that we have lost so many of our healthcare workers who would have been there on the front lines doing their continuing to do what they have been doing from the very beginning but so many saying hey you have to have this or you don't have a job well i've seen it up close and, and personal I've, I've been in the trenches and to tell me that you want me to go a step further in this way or that way when it may go against my personal beliefs uh, it doesn't impede my ability to do my job if i'm abiding by the safety precautions that have been put in place it it, it gets to a point where they're exhausted and yeah. we and and again we are hearing now that the booster needs to be in place you know for 6 to 8 months before you have to reevaluate and it's like wait 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 so you Give me the initial shot. Get the second shot. Doesn't matter which uh, you know, brand of shot. I got to get a booster and then I've got to r- run the risk of doing another booster six to eight months after that. Maybe, maybe not. There's just so many different levels or so many different gre- degrees of what's going on. And it goes back to, hey, let's. All do our part within our communities. However, you see that as being. If you're, if you're not feeling like yourself, stay home. Sneeze or cough in your elbow. If you touch something and you don't feel like it was the most clean thing, wash your hands. I mean, these it, these are little things that we all can be doing. And again, it's not to make light, but it's really to, you know, uh, address. How do we as a community of people with a variety of different um, beliefs, how do we effort or how do we move to make our efforts um, one that can effectively do something against COVID? I just thought it was necessary to say once again, we, we saw lives lost, forever changed, and we there is no end in sight, so to speak, for how uh, COVID is being uh, mentioned or addressed in our lives today.
0: I'll end the COVID segment with we're all battling the same problem. It's not a black, white, Republican, Democrat, Hispanic, Jew. It's not Christian. It's not. it. it it's worldwide. We're all in a human problem and we have to be human to find the answers
1: there it is so, there there it is uh, uh again you you're you hitting it with you with these wrap-ups man i mean you, you, <laughs> you, you you're putting this the same bow on it and that's that's what's needed uh so so that 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 put us at eight what do you got for number nine all right
0: for number nine i'm gonna bring up um we've got we've got two that really we need to hit on Um, so I'm going to say the one that I think is, uh, worthy of the number nine spot. And that is the Derek Chauvin trial, the, the, the fact that Derek Chauvin, an accused murderer of George Floyd received a sentence for murdering George Floyd. We actually talked about Derek Chauvin and it was actually, it is still a, Show that is still being played. It, it actually, you know just just to let you know, it is the highest played show on this this podcast. Wow, <laughs> it, and and it has gone worldwide. I mean, we are talking about Malaysia, Cambodia, Spain, Portugal, England, Africa, places in Africa. We we are talking about this is a this is a worldwide thing that this this one show hit on uh, so many different occasions. And I've heard so many different people talk about the fact that they agree with you and with me and, you know, the the fact that, you know, we, we put it so succinctly, succinctly about the, the whole George Floyd, Derek Chauvin um, position that did Derek Chauvin deserve being accused of and convicted of murdering George Floyd? What is your opinion?
1: I think beyond a shadow of a doubt, it was warranted. Here's the thing. At no point in any of what we saw video-wise did we see a, a, a shift in concern for George Ford. We, we, we didn't. If anything, uh, where police are trained to de-escalate, they actually escalated. Uh, there's a, a portion of the video that shows him sitting up against the wall. They proceed to get him up from the wall, proceed to walk him over to the car, proceed to take him from leaning up against the car to down along the ground. And from that point on, everything that was done was an escalation of uh, a force that was not warranted. And because, uh, Derek was the one who was in that position to to uh, administer the the pressure and the force that caused Floyd's uh, life to to cease to exist. I don't think that there is any way that you can't say that he was responsible for. Forget what you would have, uh, or forget what folks would have say about. All oh, the, 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 the presence of controlled substance or the fact that Floyd had had a history of this, that, and the other, or, or just the fact that the only reason that this got attention was that there were so many people who were watching and filming. And no, put all of that aside, the fact of the matter remains that while he was there, Pressure was placed on this man's neck and back. The man begged and pleaded for his life. And the person who was responsible for protecting and serving the community did not do that.
0: Just like with the national coverage of the beating of Rodney King. Again, this was unwarranted, unprecedented. It should not have happened. This is something where Derek Chauvin was held responsible for a choice that was made. And as, as a Christian, as a libertarian, as, you know, this hits on, on all the different levels of my being of personal responsibility, Derek Chauvin, unfortunately it happened and he got what he deserved.
1: You know, it it calls into question. I've seen a number of stories um, over the last six months where there was a, a, a particular African-American um, female police officer in Louisiana who stepped in, kept her co-worker from escalating the situation, and she ended up being fired, lost attention because there was this, you know— there was a difference of opinion about how things went down or how they should have gone down. And it, you know, almost brought into question that, that blue wall, you know, don't, don't, don't go against the blue wall because it's, you know, there are very few people who will ever understand what it is to put on the, the uniform and we've got to protect this against all else. And it, you know, brought to, to mind, you know, if it weren't for this happening, in broad daylight, in a downtown area, uh, what we have ever known. I would venture to say we probably wouldn't because of the actions of the other three officers who were present and not a one stepped in to do a thing.
0: Yeah, and that's 2021's topic because, I mean, 2022's topic because now they're they're looking at these men going to trial, being accused of at least negligence right? at the very least.
1: And then the greater scheme of things, it almost begs the question, are we living with a unjust system? Uh, And the reason why I say that is I, I, uh, again, I I look at what it took for um, the, um, Ahmaud a case to come uh, and, and have the outcome right there in, in our home state of Georgia uh, to, for it to come to what it did and how, you know, there was some concern about whether or not it staying in the neighboring county was going to be enough for there to be the right decision.
0: There was a question as to whether or when this thing was even going to go to trial. Right, for our, the right, Ahmad right. Arbery case.
1: Right, right. And and so you, we have that, but then on on the other coin, we have the, I always forget the young man's first name, but Ron House or... Are uh, you talking about Rittenhouse? Rittenhouse, Rittenhouse. Right. I just don't know how to, to think or feel about that one. You know, it's one of those where, uh, you know, as I heard the... The story come back, you know, from the court, from the trial. Uh, there are just certain things that just didn't add up or make sense. You know, um, th- there were those who would lead you to believe he had absolutely no right or business being in-, in the area during the time of the riots. There are those who would tell you, no, no, his father lived there. He knew some people who owned the business. Um, he was going to help them um, protect the business. There are those who would have you believe this is a good kid who was under the influence of some other individuals who should have known better. Then you, you know, would have those who talked about how he bragged about the comfort, confrontation. You have those who would lead us. Uh, and I say all of this to say we live in a very flawed society where the system On one hand, would have us believe that, hey, he was well within his rights. But then when I go and ask, well, what about the rights of Philando Castile, who had a right to have his legally owned, legally licensed, concealed weapon on him? And when he went to, he even acknowledged to the officer, I have a weapon. I'm going to give you my paperwork. Get gunned down. How is it that this is the system that we have?
0: You're absolutely right. I mean, with the Rittenhouse case, which I mean, we could actually do a whole podcast on Rittenhouse too, but...
1: Hey, now, we, now we got, we've got
0: we got at least three things to come back to. Yeah. In light of Derek Chauvin, I believe it all comes down to overstepping our bounds, but not just on Rittenhouse, though, because unfortunately, the people who were there, the reason why he supposedly was there was to protect property. That's what was given. We don't know. We I'm not even going to speculate. But the truth is, If we had not had the riots, and and I'm sorry, I am of the opinion that there is very little that you can convince me is worth the harm of another human being, whether it be through property damage, theft, or just outright pain and suffering, physical, emotional, mental, whatever it may be. There's very little. And and I understand that 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 is a really strong statement coming from a, you know, 40-some-odd-year-old white male. But I, I believe in humanity. I believe in humanity. Just, you know, we need to have the question. And that's why if we actually sat down and talked about the question, why was it that Kyle was out there? Why was it that Derek Chauvin did what he did?
1: one of those where we we look at so many different environmental impacts. And again, this is one of those where um, you got to know that pooping and and peeing in your own, and I hope it's okay if we say pooping and peeing in your own backyard.
0: (laughs) That's okay. We'll let this one slide. (laughs)
1: Okay, thank you. Um, Pooping and peeing in your own backyard is it's it it doesn't make any sense, and pooping and peeing in somebody else's backyard still doesn't make any sense. Why do something that is negative? I I I am with you in asking uh, that question, and I would long say that when there is no hope, people will become desperate and will do anything.
0: Yeah, and absolutely. The, the,
1: fact, the fact of the matter, if we were to look at the gentrification of any cities in De- Detroit, Los Angeles, particularly in Compton and Watts, if we were to look at um, certain areas in historic um, Atlanta, like Cabbage Town, like uh, like uh, sections of um, Five Point or the West End, where even though there have been efforts to come and clean things up, there still just isn't enough. That leaves people like those who are in bank ed courts that are like uh, uh, in car homes or in places like that to turn to, Whatever is available, right, wrong, or indifferent, that's where we end up. At. And then for a movement to come along and to take those individuals or take some who are very close to that kind of state and say, hey, we want you to be on the front lines of a movement. And we want you to be a voice of young people saying that we don't want to take this violence against us anymore. They're those who are willing to jump at it because it's the next opportunity. Again, right, wrong, or indifferent, it still goes back and needs to be questioned. Why aren't we doing more to address those kinds of things? Why aren't we doing more? to make certain that we don't, again, I, I don't have a problem whatsoever with people protesting, but there's a way to go about it. Absolutely. There's a way to get your, uh, your point across. And there's a way to be heard without you burning down Mr. Chan's uh, grocery store. There's a way to go about being heard without burning down the CVS that's in your area that happens to have the discounted medication for the diabetic old lady who lives on the corner, who now has got to figure out a way to cross town 45 minutes away to get medication and the people there don't know her. So they're not going to be as friendly and she's going to be inclined not to take her medicine.
0: And going back to the gentrification thing, we got to remember that, that the real true issue is that gentrification is never for the people who live there, and oh, that's you. where the problem is. <laughs> it, it, it,
1: it, it, if, if it was, ooh, if it was for man, uh.
0: <laughs> that that is the issue is, and that's what I take issue with because, you know, and I know this is going to sound very democratic, very liberal, but I, I I go back to the to the question, you know, my question is not to point out an unfortunate fact, you know, the, the, the statistic wise, that is where I come with the question. Not that it's not a, it's not a finger pointing question as to, you know, why are you so evil or why are you so bad? It's not that question. The question is, why is our system set up to where unfortunately black American males feel That they're so hopeless or that they're they're, they're, they're their only way out or their only, why is it that that is where we are in America in 2021 when all this, you know, we're talking about 2021, but even now, 2022, why is it in America right now that we feel as a black male, and I use the royal we being a white male, but. Why is, it that, why is that okay? Why is that not where the question really is being asked? And we, the truth is we are not going to have that question asked and we're not going to find any kind of resolve until we as people, I'm talking about you, me, the neighbors all around us, everyone comes together without this separation because separation is there to create and generate votes for the people in power. But if we all sit there and look at this question, not the question as to whether Black Lives Matter or Blue Lives Matter or blah, 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 or blah, blah, blah. You know what? Black Lives Matter came out of the fact that George Floyd was wrongfully killed. And this is an issue that has concerned Black America. But not just this issue. This is an issue that only points to the rest of the issues with black America or people of color period, because unfortunately we're living in a place where, you know, coming from where I moved from, we, we have what's called a type. I forget what the title, the title is. One. A title one school. Okay. So basically title one school is just a school that is in a very poor area. The, you know, it's, it, it's sad, but for, for the longest time, I paid little to no property taxes where we lived because it was growing in a multicultural way. That meant that the people who were there sent their children to schools that were not sufficient because we didn't have the property taxes being paid to take care of that school. And that's that's one of those issues that it all, it all comes back down to an insufficient system that is, I don't want to say inherently racist, but it's not pro people of color. <laughs> you know what, what I'm saying? What, what, right, right. And,
1: and and it's one of those where, again, if, if we were to go back and we were, uh, if we were willing to invest the time and I say, we, I say collective uh, American populace, if we were willing to go back and do our due diligence, do the research and actually read about why these things are so pressing of a matter and so pressing a concern for uh, whether, again, if we were to do the demographic uh, makeup, why is it such a problem for uh, the schools uh, that were in predominantly black neighborhoods Uh, that were mostly comprised of apartment complexes and not homes. Um, The property taxes are then filtered out to the broader uh, compasses of the county. And if you find that the the other areas of the county uh, aren't as uh, affluent or don't have an influence, then you quickly find that those schools and their accreditations or their funding or even the supplies within are lagging and then they become that Title I school. Why is it that we're not looking into that? And it's one of those where uh, unless you do the research, you don't know exactly how that comes about. Unless you find out that in this uh, area where they just passed the redistricting or the rezoning, it literally removed those last um, uh, pennants of good homes out of that district. So those taxpayers are not having to uh, bear the, the brunt of trying to help uh, fund for county uh, schools and services or events. Uh, and then you realize, oh, wow, that that was crazy. How did that happen? Oh, it's, it's a part of a greater agenda perpetuated by a CD or, you know, corrupt uh, political uh, system. And then you say, it's always about the dollar.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) And that, and that's what, and that's what all, that's what the George Floyd case actually pointed at And unfortunately, I'm sorry, I I know that people will disagree with me, but like the whole defunding the police thing, that was taken the wrong way. Defunding the police was the wrong title of a movement that really should have been a reflection on our justice system. Really, we should have had a reflection, not a defunding, but a real retrospective reconsideration of how we got to that point and where we right. are now. So again, we could, we could continue on, but we have to make sure that we're, 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 we're pushing a little long on this one. So I want to move oh, on uh, to uh, number uh, 10,
1: but, so, but, my, my
0: but <laughs> if you'll, if you'll wrap up the Derek Chauvin one for us and then, and then sorry. give us your next one.
1: Uh grand scheme of things, and it goes back to something that I alluded to other, uh, earlier, we eventually will come to bear the, the consequences of our actions. And this was, again, one of those opportunities, uh, or this was one of those times when the consequences were merited. And it calls into question, what do we do in the face of a choice? And the choice is we can do right When everyone is watching, but we certainly must do right when no one is watching because it ultimately comes down to how we are going to be remembered and how our actions impact not only those who are immediately there, but the next generation of individuals who are to come about. And in this case, I think it reigns true. Uh, The consequences have probably made it very abundantly clear to those. People are watching. So please act accordingly.
0: Oh, that is beautiful. (laughs) I love it. Thank you. All right. So what, what (laughs) do we we have for number 10?
1: Our our closeout. And this was something that we touched on. uh, And uh, again, I I think it's so fitting fitting, and I think it's, Probably appropriate that we end on uh, on this particular one, but I, I, I would be remiss if we did not talk about the impact or just the the influence that CRT had um, in, in the national discussion. Uh, critical race theory, uh, it, it, the the fact that it is an effort, uh, an agenda, an attempt to make uh, one section of uh, our society feel a certain way about things that no one who is living now had anything to do with and it it drives a a narrative that is unhealthy for either uh, side uh, making yourself out to be a perpetual victim is not a way to uh, endear yourself to people, and it is certainly a way that you want to raise the next generation up, and to make another segment of, of society be the the ultimate evil, because now you're talking about casting this uh, wide and wide and disparaging net. And saying that all outside of this nationality or this race or this demographic are evil. And that's just not the case. Okay. And the fact that it came up at a time in our uh, society where there are already very difficult uh, social interactions it just braids uh content for the the fact that we we all need each other so we just need to figure out a way to get along
0: okay so here's my view on critical race theory and tell me be open and honest with me on this okay
1: right. okay you, bro you know what? <laughs>
0: <laughs> that says what i love about you buddy so okay with critical race theory there is a um there's a consideration to be made here. The fact is that slavery happened. Okay? It happened. It it was a thing. Slavery and racism are two totally different things, and I know that's a very hard opinion because racism is not something that is associated with slavery. In the fact that you can have racism and slavery separately because I've never owned a slave. I've never owned any kind of, you know, the the only thing I've ever really owned that was living is a pet. I mean, I don't know what you want to call the kids, but, (laughs) but, but, but but as far as that's concerned, yeah, I've never owned, I've never bought for, or, or, or inherited or, or owned a slave, a person who is in, in, you know, has to work for me, you know, or or has to do what i tell them to do or you know i've never had that in my life i've grown up around enough people who were racist okay that you hear so many horrible things being a white male you hear i mean especially living in the south you hear the bubbas you hear the the people who declare the things that they declare, the say the things that they say, and it's very, very racist. Okay, so race, racism is a thing, and it still is continuing on today. Slavery was a thing. However, slavery in America is outlawed. It is not allowed. This is a fact. I've never owned a slave. I never had a slave. I believe that the same opportunity for me as a white male is the same opportunity for any person of color, female or not in America. The only difference between my ability to do it and critical race theory will say that, well, you have the benefits of white privilege. You have the benefits of being inherently white. The money is basically over on the white side. If you go to to the bank, they're going to be more likely to give you a loan than it is a black male because I am less of a liability just based on my whiteness. And that unfortunately is true, but that doesn't mean that I have to pay for the repercussions of maybe never even having a slave-owning family member. In my life, I have no idea. I haven't gone back and looked, but there's a, is there a possibility that I have had a slave owning family member? Yes, absolutely. I, I would have to go look into this, but as a white male in the year 2022, I don't feel that I have to pay for another human being that did something that I never even did had any real consideration or never lived through it's it seems absurd to me and 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 now we could sit there and say well well, ron you know that's uh you're paying for the crimes of of your of your ancestors well let me ask you this why aren't we still slamming germany Mm. i mean they're all nazis right
1: Hey, you know,
0: aren't all, aren't all Germans, Nazis. I mean, wait a minute, wait a minute. They, they all were Nazis. They all killed people. Hitler was a thing. We know that that was real. Why aren't we slamming all Germans as Nazis? Why are not we teaching that all Germans are still Nazis and inherently Nazis? Oh,
1: and, and why are not we still um, slamming the Russians? Why aren't we still slamming the Japanese who we, happen to have a multitude of bases because they were all in a ploy at some point in time to disrupt the way of life for the American people.
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, at what point do the sins of the father not become the inheritance of the son? Are we talking seven generations removed? Well, uh, the fact of the matter is we are well past seven generations. Uh, but the, the fact of the matter is, is that it is concerning that, again, while we know that it is a part of our history that we have not been able to move forward or that we would allow the new spins on a creative history a revisionist history to, to take place. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let us be clear. Like you said, slavery does not exist. Uh, and while there have been, and will probably forever be um, scars from it in our Uh, makeup of communities or things that have uh, that were poorly reported on but uh, have come to bear in the last 20 40 50 years it still shouldn't be that we are holding this proverbial grudge against a whole section of people because i would venture to say if that was how we wanted to play it along then what about those young men and women who marched with Dr. King? Right. What about the young men who were killed during the voter registrations and died alongside their black counterpart? What about the countless men and women who have done what they have done in the name of trying to find define and uh, address equality in our country and those who have given their lives and those who continue to fight the fight today if it were such that one race was so inherently evil how is it possible that there would be any who would lend themselves to the cause of those who have been so impacted
0: truthfully Here's the thing about being a white male, and this coming from a white male. Okay, you're being a male. Period. You're already being attacked with the "quote unquote" toxic masculinity. Okay, to- toxic masculinity is this idea that we are, you know, have these thoughts. We mansplain things. We do things wrong. We, you know, we we we're we're just too too tough, too buff. We're just got the John Wayne attitude. We we don't, we're not sensitive enough to other people's feelings. We're not, you know, the toxic masculinity is this whole idea that we now have to battle and, and deal with as men. Okay. Then you have the whole sexual thing, you know, like you cannot be, um, you have to be careful. I I remember, you know, it it was kind of sad. I remember, um, a father who, would never even let his daughter sit on his knee out of fear. Mm. That's sadness. I hug my daughters. I kiss on my daughters. I give love to my daughters. I'm not going to do that in an inappropriate manner. I'm going to do that because I am their father and I love them so very deeply. And I'm not afraid and I'm not ashamed to be their father. This is, is a fear that drives men today to not even give the love and care that they should to their daughters because they're afraid of being accused of some kind of sexual perversion this is this is sadness now you throw all of that onto a male you feel inappropriate you feel you have fear of inappropriateness you have uh, being emasculated because of the way that you're being treated by women, you know, always being accused of or always, you know, having to deal with or, you know, just just having several female or male issues that are kind of driving a wedge between um, relationships with men and women. And then you have to deal with the fact that you are a white male and that makes you evil. And I know, I know that this is one of those things where we could sit there and look at that and, and and the black population could sit there and say, oh, woe is me. Because here we are with you feeling how I felt for years. And this is completely understandable. Completely understandable. But it doesn't make it right. Because here's the thing how... Power works, okay? Whoever is in power is the oppressor. It doesn't matter who it is. Once that power is removed from power, now, say you as a black male, black males, black all, black people all together, they, they, they come into power. Well, as soon as you've gotten into power, you've become the oppressor. And then you become the thing that you have declared wrong. It's just how power works. It's just how when there's a power vacuum, someone comes into power and they become the oppressor. It doesn't matter who you are because the truth is there are so many varying opinions that you are going to make an opinion that is going to offend or push down on or do something wrong to somebody. And that's just the sad truth. What do we do now? Well, what we do is we stop driving the wedge. Stop driving this, this belief that any race, any person is inherently bad. The, I'm sorry. I do not teach my children that black people are bad or wrong or just that, that that's that's just uh, that to me it goes just it's beyond me because they are loved just as much as any other human being they 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 meaning any people of color any race any creed any sexuality they are loved because we have a creator that is endowed every single human being with his own likeness mm. And that is what makes everyone particularly and spectacularly special.
1: There it is, man.
0: So critical race theory, you can bite my butt too. (laughs) (laughs) Can we see that? (laughs) Hold on. You can bite my too. Okay. There you go. (laughs)
1: Yeah, again it uh goes back to where we as believers and as we uh, are, are having grown up where we grew up having grown up in the times that we grew up and and really knowing the value of individuals is that every person every group has good and bad and everyone has the choice to be this or that and it's a matter of truly Uh, acknowledging that everyone uh, has a place and everyone is on one way or the other dependent upon somebody else other than those who look exactly like them because that's how the grand scheme of things works. And the the sooner that we come to the reality uh, of that we need one another, uh, the better off we will be and i truly uh think that uh, as we have these kind of poignant and open discussions uh folks will hopefully come to see things a little differently and will choose better and will do better and and by that we will have done our part to to uh to have some some things uh uh work out for, for God's kingdom.
0: Yeah. Don't be afraid to love. Don't be afraid to love someone or something or, or, you know, it it doesn't matter what they are. Don't be afraid to love that person. Don't be afraid because they have a different sexuality and you read in the Bible that God, Oh God abhors this, but you know, don't be afraid to love that person because honestly, is that your problem? No, it's not your problem. It is God's problem. So don't make this exclusive choice that just slams the door on people of color, race, religion, sexual orientation. Don't slam the door on anyone because here's the thing about humanity. We are all injured. We are all hurting. Everyone has a hurt. And unfortunately we walk around and sometimes we think in this culture that we could just, just be mad at someone because they acted a way that they acted, but you never expressed how you were hurting. So now you're but hurt because they did something that made you but hurt, but you never told them what it was that made you hurt. Yeah. You never expressed it. And so now they don't know what they did wrong because you can't always assume that the other side is, you know, is knowledgeable, but that's where conversation has to come in. That's where critical race theory is one of those things that closes the door on the conversation because as soon as you start having the conversation, it's already been shut down by this belief system, but that goes both ways. Don't yeah. sit there and believe that, oh, well, well, this is the American way. This is the way it all has to be. We are American, but we do not need to be American first. We need to be human first. We need to be God's creation first.
1: That's it. And that, you know, anything short of that is uh, something that. <laughs> it, probably is not going to pan out well in the long run.
0: Absolutely. Because all you're going to do is create a new generation of people who are ashamed of themselves. And wait, wasn't that the kind of the issue for generations of of black males and black females that they felt ashamed to be American or, or ashamed to live in a country that treated them the way they treated them. So, is it okay, or is it just a matter of, I don't know, revenge, payback? I don't know what you what would you call it. To is it is it okay to impose that on another person? Because is, well, yeah, and, I don't and know.
1: The and and, 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 and the, the pursuit of vengeance, uh, no, no matter how uh, well thought out it may be, it never bodes well. And 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 again, you know, I'm mindful of what Scripture says: (laughs) "Vengeance is mine," says the Lord. So, so true. Yeah, you know, so it's a matter of just acknowledging that there are some fights that are worth fighting, that there are certain things that uh, you know have happened and need to be left where they're at, and there must be a time and a place where we must pursue what is greater than, and what's greater than is to. Acknowledge our, our own humanity and then being, as God has instructed, loving and concerned with uh, doing right for the sake of doing right. And that's, that is that 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 is what I, I hope that as we have these discussions and we point out things that folks get, it, it is about doing what is right, period.
0: Amen. Amen. All right. Well, I'm going to have to, uh, we're going to have to conclude this. This was a, this was a really good show. I really loved the points that we have come together on all of these things. and, And that, that final message that we just have to do what is right. And it doesn't need to be what is right in our own eyes. It needs to be what is right. And that is, that is the beautiful message. And hopefully we can carry that through 2022. And listen, if you are first time listeners for us, please subscribe to the channel. Uh, we are going to be having Sergio back very, very soon. Uh, we've got this brand new third season. I plan on having some big things going on in the third season. So with that, we'll continue on with some, some more, um, sessions with josie uh, maybe even bring in some more of the family members and definitely with sergio and some other guests but i want you all to understand that we have to be vigilant my friends about guarding our heart because the bible says that is where everything that we do comes from so we have to guard our heart vigilantly so with that stay vigilant my friends sergio thank you so much for being a guest on this show I love you, brother. You are amazing. And I cannot wait to talk to you again about some of these other issues that we have still kind of stewing. <laughs>
1: uh, but yeah. stewing Is the, is the uh, appropriate uh, brother Ron, as, as always, I appreciate the invite on. I appreciate uh, us just being able to talk candidly. And I, I hope that we don't have such a long, uh, a gap in our in our discuss uh, gap in between our discussions, and uh, I I pray that God continues to bless you and yours, and I ho- I truly hope He continues to bless your efforts with the podcast and just getting the message out there.
0: Absolutely, thank you so much, and I want to thank you all for listening. You guys be blessed, stay vigilant, my friends, and we will see you on the next podcast. This has been Ron Howard and Sergio Wooden on Heart of the Faithful Ministries. Thank you so much for listening.